everybody. Welcome to SEN After Live. I am Jay Wade, and holy shit, fuck Batman, if we got one today. That's right, guys. We're now on episode number 33 of this SEN Live After Show. And uh, this week, we got some Smos of the North coming down, invading my uh, my little homeland state of Ohio here, uh, because that's where my computer is, because that's where I am, and therefore that's where this uh, this online studio is, is in Ohio. Um, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Ohio is a pretty nice state. I mean, like, like further up north, it's more flat. But then as you get further down south, I'm just kidding, guys. We ain't doing no history shit here. Uh, first, we're going to introduce, uh, I don't eeny, meeny, miny, Daniel Smo of the North. How you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, I got one question for you. Geography style. Uh, Cleveland. Ohio, right? You got two feet of snow? Uh, I don't, I, I'm sure Cleveland gets more than we do, but we've gotten uh, two feet several times, yeah. All right, then you're basically Canada. You're already ours. Well, you know what? I've always said uh, that I think that we should just give Michigan to Canada because it's pretty much Canada already. And then if you look at the border, it'll just be a nice smooth line across Ohio there and then just go on up. You know, it just it would look nice. Oh, yeah, that that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to get an opinion on this, since we're talking about it, another smell of the north. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Soda, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Jay Wade. It's uh, great to be here. And my view is, yeah, I, I, Michigan makes sense because Windsor and Detroit are literally separated by a, by a lake. And by, while we're at it, might as well give us Alaska, too. <laughs> um, I used to think that, but uh, but I, I would be completely down for, like, uh, somehow breaking Florida off and pushing it out into the ocean. I'd be okay with that. And... Uh, I don't want to say that one because it might ruffle too many feathers, but uh, but yeah, we could do without Michigan and uh, and Florida and a couple others and add Puerto Rico as as a state. Finally, I don't yeah. know what the fucking deal is with that, but not getting into all that. Um, but Alaska, as you brought up, I I, I don't know, man. Uh, I love deadliest catch, so I think we're gonna keep Alaska and keep that American. I've, I've got a great idea for you. Okay, if you that? sink Florida, we'll bring Alaska to you, and we'll just put it in its place. Well, but then we wouldn't have all the Bering Sea crab fishing, and we wouldn't have the mountains and the snow and the high alcohol rate and and the, the you know the thirty days of night with all the vampires <laughs> and yeah. shit. You know, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I I think that we need to hold on to the thirty days of night and the vampires above all. So, a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, I'm town where I'm situated in, my hometown, Terrace, British Columbia, is four hours away from the Alaska border. Now, on that border separates uh, Stuart, British Columbia, and Hyder, Alaska. And can you name me the two movies that were filmed in that region? I've, I've, I've mentioned it a few places, so Dan might know. Wow. I mean, I I don't even know where to begin to think. Um can I? Can you give me a decade? Can you narrow it down to a decade okay, for me? So one I can tell you is 1982. The movie came out, I believe. The other one came out in the year in the in the the first decade of the 2000s. Hmm. The one in the 2000s, I will say six below. Close. 
damn. Um, that movie makes me cry. I Well, I only watched it once. It's like a Bambi kind of thing for me. I only watched it once, made me cry, and I, I refuse to watch it again. Um and I can't even I can't even think I can't even get myself in that in that state of mind. Um, okay, Dan, what do you think? I'm I'm not sure. Let let me ask a question. What? Okay. Which part of Alaska? Like what? What scenery are we looking? Are we looking? Well, at? It's, it's on a glacier now. The, the, here's the thing about Hyder, Alaska. There's actually nothing past it. You got to go like over glaciers to get to the next town. It's essentially yeah. The end I, of the I road. was just I was asking. Are we talking glacier, forest, river? Glaciers. There's, there's a lot of things you can film there's in glaciers. Alaska for. So there's glaciers, and they're pretty. I've seen the glaciers. Hmm. Nah, Alien versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're not that far off. The thing. I was yep. thinking, like, with the after tomorrow. <laughs> the thing was filmed in uh, in Stuart Bridge Columbia, and actually, if you go there, you can still find remnants of the base. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, just the music alone is yeah. enough to fucking freak you out. Yeah, and so Dan, what do you? Uh, what's your guess on the one from the two thousands? Okay. When was the remake of the thing? <laughs> oh no 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 no! The, the remake wasn't filmed. No. Uh, that would have been too. That would have been too good, right? Well, you know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go on the limb here. That movie is really good. Just the CGI blows monkey nuts. Anyways, back to your guess. But no, the the only thing that comes to mind is like the day after tomorrow because they needed glaciers to yeah. CGI buildings next to. I got nothing. Okay. Well, okay. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Hello? The suspense the, is killing me. I the know. one with Al Pacino and Robin Williams? What is it? Al Pacino hey, Matt, I think Robin we lost Williams? you. Did you say insomnia? And uh, Al Pacino? Hey, we lost you again. You there, Matt? Matt? Very. Yeah, hold on. It's uh, it's cutting in and out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we got Al Pacino three times. Still know nothing yeah. more about this movie. <laughs> insomnia. Insomnia. Yep, yep, Al Pacino. Yep. Robin yeah. Williams. Yeah, unfortunately I missed this, but Robin they, they had you have to fly into the Terrace Airport to get to Stuart. Yeah, he uh he chatted with a whole bunch of people and took pictures and I'm disappointed I missed out on that. Damn. Oh yeah, man. That was a good movie. Yeah, that was be <laughs> I believe that. Um uh that was uh I'm trying to think if that was before or after, was it a one-hour photo with Robin Williams? Because he did about two or three movies where he played, like, the bad guy, insane, psycho think, bad guys. But I can't yeah, remember what order. I think this was the first one. I think this was the first one. If I'm not mistaken, this was before 24-hour photo or uh, whatever that one's called. Yeah, and this this one, he was the psychologist or psychiatrist to kids? Or am I thinking of something else? No, I thought, isn't Insomnia where he plays, like, a, a killer or something like that? Yeah, but I thought it, for some reason, I thought it had something to do with uh, kids who had seen the psych. I don't know. I'm fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know I've seen it before, though. <laughs> Let me... Is Insomnia the, it's the one Nolan. with the... Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, no. I, I'm thinking of a different... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, 
30 Days a Night, though, man, with the vampires. That's a freaky fucking movie, but that's pretty much, if you go further into Alaska, that's pretty much what it's like. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool to have actual. Anyway, um, yeah, here we are, guys. We are in SEN Live After Show. So we're going to talk some uh, SEN Live shit from this week. Then after the break, as usual, we will talk about Schmodown. Uh, at, at, which, uh, at which point, is that correct? I don't know. I'm not an English major. Uh, but when we get into the Schmodown after the break, uh, Louie, from uh, Schmoes of the North will be joining us at that point, and we're going to talk some uh, Schmodown tournament shit from this week. Great matches, uh, a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, we like to do uh, some quick uh, run-throughs here. And uh, I, Roxy, thank fuck, is back this week. And, uh, well, the full crew is back this week, starting this week officially, and it's great to have them all back. Um, but Roxy was back. It's been a long time. And uh, I, I still can't get over her lack of understanding that Patty Boy clip. Um, <laughs> I just, I do not understand. Like, uh, I get so frustrated with not only this, but there are a couple other things with her that I get so frustrated with that I honestly, I'm questioning, is this a bit or not? Like, for real, is this, does she really think that she's hearing it as that is, dude. Please, somebody help me before I go insane. You know, is this I, a bit? It might. It it might be. Uh, like it probably didn't start as a bit, but uh, it might be. Yeah. At this point, I think she has to just be doing it to <laughs> piss everybody off. Which you oh, know, yeah. I would too. If yeah, I was that wrong, yeah. I'm she's I'm digging in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's that annoying little sister that kicks ass. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She. She's someone I definitely would want, you know, having my back. But yeah, sometimes her 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 views do make you laugh. Yeah, and then and then her whole uh, the rocking out on on Kate's chest somehow turned into shitting on a chest, which I don't. Uh, I I just. I don't know. My very, well, okay. My very first thought was Roxy. Like, what the? Like, how did you go there? But then I remember. Okay, this is the girl who went directly up to her brother to tell her the first time, or to tell him the first time after she gave a blowjob. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, that's not so surprising that her mind would go in that direction. But that just that was a direction I did not expect her to go. Yeah, no, no wonder she can't read a fucking GPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was definitely a surprise, but when, when you think about it, it's very far from the court for conversations on that damn show. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have definitely heard of the phrase rock one out when you're going to take a dump, but yeah. it was it was a leap and a jump and then a sprint <laughs> and then... <laughs> Somehow Kate still managed to follow her there, and like, no, no, I do see how you jumped to that conclusion, but that why would shows you say it good... on air? Yeah, that just shows how good Kate is at uh, at improv. Oh yeah, for sure, man. She's on her shit, dude. Um, and it's good Literally, to see her in, in... this case. Oh yeah. god, I didn't even think about it. Oh my gosh. Oh, very nice. Shit all over the place. Um. Yeah. 
uh, she's on top of her game, though, and uh, uh, it's great to see her and Brett uh, together on the show again. It's still, you know, it will. It, it's still not the same as them being all in the same room together. But it is. It is the next best thing. It's it's well overdue, and it's great that it's happening. So I'm stoked that they were able to work it out and uh, with the Schmobot and keep everything running so that they can yeah. do it and keep the money coming in. Um, yeah, and, and you know what the best great. thing is? It gives Christian a break for at least a couple Yeah, hours. it does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he can have Ben read through all the stuff, and he just he can relax and, and guide the show other than that, you know. And you can tell yeah. this week that when he was on this week, he was a lot more laid back and relaxed, especially today. Today was a silly fucking day. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Today I actually missed on the show just because I was I, I won't be wasn't able to watch it. I will be going back afterwards to watch it though. So it it was it was what you come to expect from SCM live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all week it was, and I mean that I mean they had Winston and Yodi and Sabrina were on as well as Roxy, uh, Kate, Brett, Roca, RB3, and Ben. You know the normal crew was there, but Winston made his return and Yodi came back. Sabrina. Um, yeah, it was just great, man. It was good times. Um, I don't know, though. Kate just, she owns it, man. She owns that shit. Yeah. I love it so much. And uh, RB3 was cheesing out a lot today, man. Just uh, everybody just being so goofy and silly. RB3 just, uh, he was laughing a lot and uh, doing the, like, I like when he gets excited, maybe not excited, but he's, you know, he's laughing and, having a good time he's got that big yeah. smile on his face he's kind of rocking back and forth in his chair and stuff side to side it's great man he's you know he's the audience avatar in that show yeah yeah, yeah. you're right yeah he, he, right. he definitely is but no it, it's good to have the guy the crew back because i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie when it was just Hardloff and brett i did fall off a little bit yeah yeah it, I mean, it, it was it was still fun, but it was just not the same. And I'll even admit, you know, uh, it was hard to listen to sometimes. And not not even all all those times had to do with uh, Christian and Brett or the format or anything. You know, I was just having off days anyway. But, but yeah, yeah, with the full crew back. But, anyway, I'm sorry, Daniel, I cut you off there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, it – it got a little long, and I I kept up with, like, some of the time codes and that, just trying to skip around and get, like, the main subjects. But for a little while there, having the two of them was, like, almost better. Like, it, it was just the two of them, so there wasn't too many ideas to bounce around and, like, sharing of the, the microphone and everything. Like, yeah, smaller see, shows are good, whereas, like, the, the big show with all of them is also very good. Yeah, see, for me, the thing is, like, I don't mind the smaller intimate shows once in a while, but is just sometimes when they went off the rails, I couldn't follow. See, I love that stuff. I, I love, uh, well, and I also do that here a lot, but I just, I love when it goes off the rails, um, but like, it's, I, it's I, I important to be okay, able to bring probably, it back. I should probably – yeah, exactly. I should probably clarify. Not necessarily off the rails. It's when they go off the rails, over the bank, hit the bottom of the ocean, and somehow come <laughs> up the other side of the lake. That's where I can't follow because I can't swim. <laughs> but is, but isn't, isn't that where the flouse came from? 
Yeah, and that was that made the me laugh. Yeah, that On the bottom laugh. of the river, they found the flouse. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. It, that was that was great, but it's just sometimes you know it just can, it can be a little too much for me. But it's glad to see yeah. that everybody's back. It was also yeah, for tough. sure. It was also tough to have no movie news to talk about, right? Like, yeah. And you see yeah. that that, that every really day it's me. get on. Oh. Sorry, I, I I can see I can sit there and listen to those guys shoot the shit all the day. So the the lack of movie talk didn't really really bother me. It's just when you when it was just you only had the two people going, so zero just bouncing off of each other. It's 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 better when they they, they have more of a group to bounce off yeah, of each other, yeah. right? Yeah, and and uh, just another great moment that happened today. Actually, uh, Kate did a kick ass rap. Um, I did see that. I did see that. Yes, yes, that was so good, and it, I may, I don't know, don't hold me to this, guys, but I may have to write my own uh, that I will present on next week's SCN <laughs> After Live. Nice. Um, hey, you've already got a great rap name, I love Jay Wade. It. Hey, there you go, man, there you go, Jay Wade in the house, um, yeah. likes to flirt and flouse. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just do it now, live. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't do that, man. I'm I need to write something. I could never freestyle anything. Um uh there was actually a, a small brief period in my life, um, I don't know about I don't know how long ago it was, early to early to mid twenties where I was actually uh I had I met a guy in a new job and he was doing beats and shit and uh, I was recording some rap songs and shit. I've got a CD somewhere with like three or four rap songs of me rapping and nice. shit. It was a lot of fun, but uh, but yeah, you know, life happens, and I got I got in some legal trouble, and I lost that job, and I got a suspended. I already had the suspended license before the legal trouble, and yeah, you know, shit happens. And then years later, I tried to go to Canada, but we're not going to get into that. Um, That's a funny uh, story. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. The shit detector. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get back in. Crazy, man. Trying to get back in my own country was harder than getting into Canada. But anyway. Quick, quick question about that. How long ago was did that happen? It was, what, 10 years ago? Um, That was about... I mean, that was probably about nine years ago, 10 or nine, uh, probably about nine years ago, I'd say. You know, you might be able to get a pardon now. Just saying. Really? Like, what do I do? Just, like, apply to your look, your government's pardon department? Yeah, well, yeah, look into it, because I know on the flip side, us, a former co-worker of mine many years ago, he had it where he could go into the States because of the lesser charge, but he was able to get a pardon and now can go. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, unless things have changed since then, but, yeah, definitely look into it. And, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to do that, but you know, if I if I had just listened to my gut in the first place and dug the hole deeper, none of this would have happened. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, and, and and then you know, I left the I left the the bloody knife in my trunk of my car with the shovel, and anyway, it was just a big ordeal, and I didn't even realize I was across the borderline. Anyway, I'm obviously just kidding now, but the 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 seriousness of it 
uh, ended with Matt telling me that uh, I could probably get a pardon, which I'm going to. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to say what for on air, but uh, because, yeah, my mom and dad, I hope they don't listen to this. They don't know anything about mm-hmm. that at all whatsoever. But anyway. Um, I'm so sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Wade. <laughs> hey, I, I'm a good boy. They know I'm a good boy. I'm a good man. It's all good. But anyway, um, but yeah, like I said, uh, getting into the episodes, the actual show this week, not any specific little moments or uh or bits or anything, which I, I'm starting to love that those are going to come back. Yeah. Um, but there was there was some news. Uh, Michael Keaton, it seems, may come back as Batman uh, in the in a perhaps Flashpoint style uh, Flash movie. Oh man. I, I don't, I don't like, I'm not, I'm not saying at all that I don't want to see this. And I think the Flashpoint storyline is the perfect place to have this playground. Um, I'm actually really stoked for it. Uh, I just, I just want more information. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I remember the first time I saw this movie in the theater, you know, so this, this is my Batman. Um, although I do prefer Nolan's Batman to Tim Burton's and the early ones. Uh, but you know, these are, this is my Batman. So I'm pretty stoked about this, hoping they can pull this off. But, I wanted to just kind of talk about more uh, the DCEU as a whole and and our thoughts on it and, and Superman, Man of Steel, just uh, and what they're doing and everything, how it connects, how it doesn't connect. Uh, Daniel, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, on not only Michael Keaton coming back, but the state of DCEU and what, what maybe you think they should or shouldn't do with it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I like Michael Keaton. I, I liked, like, I mean, I saw these movies as an actual child. Like, before I was eight, I had seen most of the Batman movies that existed at the time. And, um, I'm not the biggest Batman fan. Or Get out. Superman, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Well, if if we get specific, I prefer the Marvel heroes, but the DC villains, like the way yeah. that they they're that's written and fair. everything. That's, that's very fair. And yes, like I, I'm not like the biggest Batman fan, so I'm I'm okay with just like a cameo in in the Flash movie and like a a guest role. But the problem with it is, I don't think they should do Flashpoint as the first Flash movie. That seems very contradictory. We don't even know who Reverse Flash is yet, and now we're going back to stop him from killing Barry's mom? Like, it's it's a bit rushed, I think. Well, that is if they go that route, right? Like, I mean, the, the, just because they're doing Flashpoint doesn't mean they're going to redo it because the show or the TV show already did that. So they, yeah. they could, they, they probably have an angle on how to do it. And without involving the Barry's family or some of that. And I mean, that that's the thing. You know what? It's a great way to introduce uh, Reverse River Slasher Professor Zoom. I, I just is, had is an from... idea. Okay. What if, what if we kick whatever director is currently attached out and we put Christopher Nolan in it and he directs <laughs> the Flash movie like he did Dunkirk? He so it keeps flashing would, back but... and forth in time. So, or 
he can just map it for us. He doesn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. direct the thing. <laughs> but yeah, just like map it back and forth and like segment the story so that you can tell both the end of it where the Flash has a battle and then runs back in time as the initial event in the movie but then you don't really get to the start of the battle or the start of Flashpoint right away. There are uh, different segments. You know what I would do? I would Back to the Future to it. Hmm. Right. Where you, you, you have you have your inciting incident. Like, he has to go to the future for, for whatever. Does what he has to do, but something happens. And so when he goes back, it's an alternate timeline. Yeah, okay. with Negan as Batman... That yeah, that would be great, but this is where I think the Michael Keaton of it comes in. Now, oh, first off, I want to preface yeah. this about Michael Keaton. They're in early, early talk, so it's not even a given yeah. that it's going to happen. So this is all just wishful yeah. thinking. Um, and I'm like you, Jay Wade. Like, unfortunately, I was two when the movie came out, so I didn't see it in the theaters. But this is my Batman growing up. I love Michael Keaton. I never thought he'd return to the role. So to hear that he was in early talks, dude, I let out a squeal like you wouldn't believe. It's like a whee! <laughs> yeah. I, I was happy and then to hear the news that there he might appear in a Batgirl movie dude or this could be the Batman from Batman Beyond I was just like oh my god I had to cross my legs like I'm yeah, not kidding because they, they have been talking about multiple movies that was stated yeah. in the article people are speculating Batgirl Flashpoint yeah. and a potential Batman Beyond where we yeah. could introduce uh, Terry McGinnis and everything. Yeah, yeah and right? you know what? Michael Keaton now is perfect for it. Perfect I for also, it. I also think introducing a Batman that is not named Bruce Wayne might be the best idea. Because yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can make slight changes to the character and you won't have a bunch of fanboys yelling that this is not my Bruce Wayne and he wouldn't act like this. He is killing people with, like, a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, like, I'm, I'm a big... Um, see, I'm, I'm the opposite of you, Dan. I'm really into DC Comics. Like, when it comes to the movies, MCU all the way, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to the comics, I'm really big into into the DC. So I've read a lot of Elseworlds stories, and there are a lot of good versions of Bruce Wayne out there. There's a Bruce Wayne that um, a story where Two faces like a Phantom of the Opera style, style thing. You've got Batman as a pirate. You've got Batman as a, a, a soldier in the Civil War. So there there are precedent for a lot of different angles. So I'm interested to see what they do with it. If they do, I, I've always liked the Elseworlds takes of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if they did this, then they could have different. I mean, they could they could have a different actor being Batman in each of these movies taking place in a different time yeah. period, like you were saying. That would I, that could actually be really fucking cool, man. And and you know what? That wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That movie was necessary to prove to people that you can have multiple versions exist yeah. in a movie. Yeah. Also, I'd love I... to see Bale come back too. I think yeah. the reason they think they can go ahead with it is, like, uh, Warner Brothers' success in the CW-verse at the moment. Yeah, that definitely like, helps you. That definitely being, helps. You, you have people who only watch one of the, like, five or six shows they have running concurrently now, and yet they tune in every year to watch this big annual crossover. 
very much like comics were. <laughs> yeah, and, and not just that, they were able to bring in John Wesley Shipp's version of Barry Allen, who I have actually seen the entire series of, and have it make sense. Yeah, yeah. And also, I I actually hate that scene, so let's let's not get into it. <laughs> no, fair, fair enough, but I'm just saying, like, they, they've shown it is possible. And, like, yeah, for yeah. me, I thought it was, it was cool to see that version of The Flash again. You know, I just I would have I would have preferred that scene to be a race to the end of the universe involving Wally and the death version of Flash, just because like that yeah. happens in crisis. And also it's clear he's not really coming back to any of the series long term. Just no, for sure. Send him on his way. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I did not like the execution of it, but I just just to see John Wesley ship in that outfit again was yeah. just, like, pretty yeah. cool. I mean, he's worn it a few times throughout the Flash series, but not as Barry. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I mean, to see the, the, the 1990 TV series Barry Allen back was just like, yeah, yeah. dude, five years ago, I never would have thought of that. And, I mean, they had Ezra Miller in there, too. Which yeah! brings it back to like you have you have these crazy potentials for some of the I mean the bigger stars of those shows yeah you, and not just you that, could have Stephen back... Amell in one of the next yeah like, DC movies you brought back <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the the Huntress from the short lived Birds of Prey show you had you know the nod to the Batman sixty six with Burt Ward um, you had yeah, you'd be able to bring in, like, the Smallville cameo, which, for me, man, growing up, Smallville was the jam. To see Clark Kent yeah. and Lo- that version of Lois Lane back was, dude, like, I mean, the inv- the possibilities exist now. And it's just, you know, it's a great time to be a nerd, to be a comic book fan. Oh, yeah, like, this, I mean, as as fun as the stories are, the the actual filmmaking of the older comic book stuff is very, very rough. Even leading into, like, the (laughs) X-Men. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's another another story. That's how you you do not do it. (laughs) I've only seen one and a half X-Men movies, and that was half too many. Um, I I, I saw one and half of two, so... That is I, the I, perfect jumping-off point for that series. Maybe well, <laughs> watch First Class. I, yeah, I'd say watch two, First Class, Days of Future Past. I would argue the Wolverine. I like that, and of course Logan. Those are the five I would. I would watch. Do you not do watch without... the Wolverine. <laughs> do, no, is that the like one with uh, Ryan Reynolds? Is the is Deadpool? No, that's X Men Origins. The Wolverine is where he goes okay. to Japan. And you know what? Watch the unrated cut. It is superior. Sweet, sweet. I I do have an interest in watching Logan. Uh, I you just never gotten Logan. around to it. No, dude, uh, get not yet. Ass and watch that man. That's a must. <laughs> I, like that I'm, one, you, I'm you weird about movies. You don't need to watch the other X Men movies for that one. Well, no, I just I'm just weird about like for example, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Still never seen it, but I've it's been in my queue for like three years. Yeah, um, I own like movies. Movie. Yeah, I own movies that I've never fucking seen the movie before, but I own it, you know, shit yeah. like that. I just have to be in a mood uh, for it, and I've just 
never found myself in the mood for Logan yet. I don't know why. I wish I could, but maybe I'm just going to force it on myself. Yeah, uh, I got you, nothing you going to. on tomorrow other than editing. I can fucking throw it on the TV while I'm working. So, yep, for sure. It, it is definitely it's it's a movie that is it's almost perfect. That's all I can say. And it's oh, got yeah. the three best parts of the X Men franchise: Patrick Stewart, uh, Hugh Jackman, and oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Ian McKellen. There we go. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That would have been bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know what? Uh, Fastbender's Magneto is pretty damn good, too. Even in the yes. bad movies, he's, he's the best part. Yeah, I I enjoy him. And, like, it's it's disappointing that he doesn't get to do more things. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, he's uh, a pretty rest... badass actor, man. Oh, the sure. rest of the new cast, I don't know. Maybe Quicksilver can stick around. The rest, yeah, uh... <laughs> they were good in the beginning, but after a while, it was almost like they just, you know, stopped caring. Oh yep. yeah, I didn't even watch Dark Phoenix, but eventually I'll have to. I, I bought it because I'm a I'm a completionist, and I have all the other movies, I, but I still have not watched it yet. Oh yeah, I, I'm the same way, but with uh, certain bands like. I don't know, like I have every Nine Inch Nails album. I have, you know, like certain bands, I have every one of their CDs, uh, Weezer, shit like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm like that with music more than movies. But mm-hmm. some movies, uh, you know, like all, I got all the Tarantino, all the Kevin Smith, that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, this uh, – and, and, you know, I usually don't – I usually don't bring up rumors or anything like that at all just because it's a waste of time, in my opinion, to talk about until it's confirmed. But, you know, this one had me so fucking excited. I had to talk about it. And then uh, I just liked the the idea of extending it beyond just Michael Keaton and uh, get our thoughts on all that. So... And you guys, I love that I'm not the most versed on comic books and stuff. Like, I like... Uh, I'd say I like most of the comic book movies that have come out. I don't like them all. Um, But uh, basically the majority of what I know about comic books are from the movies. Uh, I just, I was never a comic book kid growing up. Um, So that was kick-ass, man. Because, I mean, you guys are just going on about it. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I got superhero tattoos on my body. Like, I'm really big into this. But there is one return that they did for crisis that we didn't bring up it was probably my favorite it was just brandon ralph's superman oh yeah that was that was fun. was that now, the the fella from what was it uh returns. returns all right all right now i actually like that movie it is the movie i've seen the most in theaters i saw it six times wow yeah i i, I legit like that movie i like his performance as superman and to see him rede- redeem himself in the eyes of people with reprising that version in Crisis, just it, it, it warmed my heart. Like it, he is a underrated Superman, in my opinion. I I gotta bring up um, that's actually one of my favorite bits in the whole like CW universe is uh, when he first meets Kara or Supergirl, and yeah. he. Uh, she like walks out of the room and he turns to somebody and goes, she kind of looks like my cousin. Yeah, Which, like, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. you, he's, he's playing Ray Palmer at the time. He yeah. 
does not have a cousin canonically that we know about and but it is just a call to the fact that she plays superman's cousin yeah <laughs> and that's one of the things i love most about legends of tomorrow is it is the the nod nudge nudge wink wink of the cw uh cw yeah, universe yeah. yeah and and lastly uh i just pulled up the i mean we can't really decide on the DCEU that has come because apparently we're getting a new Justice League, right? So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to judge all the new movies in an entirely new light of like Yeah, but you know, I does, don't think this this Schneider cut is going to be the canon one. But it's like does BVS make a little bit more sense when you add yeah. it into leading into Zack Snyder's Justice League rather than Joss Whedon's Justice League? You know? Yeah. No, no, good. That's a good like point. It might, it probably it might add, it might add more context to some of the things in Man of Steel and in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, but I went to There's... look up what they've got coming out, and it's kind of interesting. Okay. How do you guys feel about? Well, I guess there's only one Wonder Woman because three has been pushed back, right? Yeah, which why yeah. they even bother doing announcing a free right now? Like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have the Suicide Squad with James Gunn at the for. helm. I'm excited for that one. I'm, uh, I'm up in the air. I'm tentatively no, really. excited. Like, if anyone's gonna pull it off, it's James Gunn. Yeah, but there are other criminal gangs that he could have based the movie around where you wouldn't have the weight of Suicide Squad. And yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's he's definitely feeling that post-Birds of Prey not doing super well. Yeah, but you you know what they, like, what need these Marvel, these, sorry, DCU movies need? And which was probably the biggest mistake on Suicide Squad is the studio needs to say the fuck away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay have, out of it. We have two different Shazam movies coming. Because what? one is Black, well, Adam. Black Adam. Yeah. And, and is The yeah. Rock playing Black Adam? Yeah, oh yeah, he's still yes. attached. He said filming is okay. starting soon. It's a, yeah, it's apparently in pre-production. Yeah. Um, the Batman is filming, which yeah. I heard a couple weeks ago it resumed filming. Haven't heard much yeah. since. And well, I, don't then, know if it's re- I don't know if it's resumed, but they're allowed to resume. Uh the Suicide Squad, it's apparently in post-production, so... Yeah, that, that, was, nice. being, that was being done before um, Guardians 3, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. also, Guardians 3 is, I believe, a Marvel Phase 5 movie. So, okay. like, at least at least two more years and eight films beforehand, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, two... Two Shazam movies, one on the villain, one with Shazam 2, which will probably unite them both, right? Mm. Then we have The Flash and Aquaman 2. Okay. What did you guys think of Aquaman? I I never saw it. Uh, Diminishing returns for me. Like, I liked it the first two times I saw it. I went and saw it twice in theater, once opening night, because I go every opening night for those big geek movies, and then I went and saw it with my family. But it's a movie, like... That uh, the more I've watched it, the more I'm like meh on. Don't get me wrong, beautiful in 4K, beautiful in 4K, but it's just it's it's fine. 
I've mm. I've heard that it was just it was kind of the Green Lantern uh, version of Ouch. this current generation in that yeah not, you could argue that not not in quality it was a much better movie but in the way I had it explained to me that Green Lantern tried to make an entire series and forgot to put in a first movie. Yeah, they did They did to like, that essentially what Universal did to the recent Mummy movie. That's a good point. Like you had, who do they base it on? Is it Hal in that one? It, yeah, it is Hal Jordan. But yeah, it's Hal and there's the planet and the guardians and multiple rings and you meet Sinestro. He's clearly going to become the Sinestro yeah. core later. There's just, they set up an entire five film saga and forgot to develop their first film and then got to <laughs> act three and went uh sky cloud sky yeah cloud. As, as someone who's a big fan of the parallax character like huge fan like this is how big my comic book geekdom goes to i really love that version of hal jordan but to see the way they did it on the movie i was like it was a big f you for the comic book fans <laughs> and yeah. what disappointed I... me and I, like, this is somebody who actually doesn't mind the movie. Now, granted, I haven't watched it in years, but I don't mind the movie. But yeah, man, like it disappointed me that Jeff Johns has his name attached to that because his run of Green Lantern comics is one of the top three best runs of all time in comics. Period. Yeah, I'm I'm not well versed in it, but I love all the the Lantern stuff in the comics. Yeah. like oh, there's a rich it's... mythology that he helped create there. Rich yeah, and like it's it's very lore rich, and that's that's one of the things yeah. I like, and um, also just like the way different people become different types of lanterns. It's always been exciting yeah. to me, but yeah, I I find that movie just fell apart very quickly, and it I'm not sure whose fault it is because when I watch it, a lot of things seem okay. But nothing is good. It's it's very strange. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's another one where the studio got in. in a, you know, I gotta watch the movie. Ah, it's been yeah. a long time. Because Warner Brothers back, is, the, the Warner Brothers is back, notorious oh, for that. Yeah, definitely. But to bring it back to Aquaman, is I've heard kind of the same thing in that they brought in so many different Aquaman villains and the multiple kingdoms and the this and that and just kind of ran the entire gambit of Aquaman Easter eggs and don't really have yeah. a good way forward. Now, I um the the multi the kingdoms thing for me, I actually liked that cuz I think that was actually if you just, just use that as your vocal point, it it's actually pretty good. It's when you start anti adding for no reason Black Manta. Like he's got no business there. Take him out. Um, see, see, I haven't seen it. I thought Black Manta was the main part of it, and no, the it's, Kingdom it's, stuff and the evil sister was added into it. And I was just no, like, the, why the do Kingdom you have too stuff, many things here? The Kingdom stuff and the evil brother is uh, the is the main crux of it. the The Black Manta stuff is because he is is more one of his like one of his top two villains. That's the stuff mm. to me that felt kind of wedged in. I see. I see. Yeah. And then I think there was one other pretty big Aquaman storyline that they also kind of allude to, but I I cannot remember it. I don't know enough about Aquaman. Yeah, 
there's there's definitely there. I do like the direction they went with it. It's very more new fifty uh new fifty two ish, or I guess it'll be probably post rebirth stuff. But uh, it had it had it planted the right seeds. But yeah, you're right. There's just too much going on. All right. So Anything we can else, talk Jared? about dead kids now, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my my favorite my favorite thing to talk about involving dead kids is uh, the fact that you need to eat them first if you're ever in a in a in uh, in a live or a Donner party type situation, um, and it's getting down to it, and you know that you're gonna have to start eating people. Well, you know what I mean? It's like you're getting to that point and it becomes a realization. Then you got to figure out who you're going to eat first. Um, I've always said it's got to be the children. Um, okay. and, and I, yeah, I got to push I mean, back here. Uh-oh. I got to push back here. You do not want to go for the children. You want to go for the people who kind of match your athleticism because the children will be easier to take out later. Okay, see, it's funny that I I, I sound morbid when I bring this up, but then my reasoning for eating the children first is always one from compassion, uh, while everyone else is like what you just said, or another one is, yeah, you know, because, you know, the the younger meat, more tender, that kind of, okay, um, my logic... Those guys are getting too into it if they're talking about the veal. Yeah. As, as a fat guy with not much endurance, I'm just going to stay out of this conversation. Hey, man, I'm, I'm right there with you, Matt, uh, but it's still it's still an, an interesting one to have. Yeah. It, um, but my logic for eating the children first is because um, if you're going – if you're to the point where you've got to start deciding, like, who to eat, you know you're going to have to eat other human beings. You really want to subject the children to that horror and, and the things that are going to have to be done and come from that? Um, I would say no. Uh, therefore, just eliminate them first so they don't have to be subjected to that horror. And then, uh, then Matt, I'm sorry – but you and I both, as you know, as, as bigger guys, we're going next. We're in round yeah. two um, because we – well, no, actually, no. No, someone else had, had talked me into uh, elderly should be round two um, because they're older and they're, they're, they're going to fucking go sooner anyway. But yeah, we would true. be in round three. We would, it would be, be in yeah. round three because the there would be no point. It would be a waste to let our plumpness wither away over time. Um, it would be pointless. You know what I mean? So they they gotta they gotta eat us while we're fucking plump, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that that still moves to leaving the children around longer because you know they take less to feed. Yeah. Uh, see, see, I'm again. I'm still coming at it from the psychological, uh, compassionate viewpoint. I think. Um, oh yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to stay alive the long game. So. Right on. Right on. Right on. Um. I, I, see, and then and then we get back to the to the bit where I'm. You know, I'm a bigger guy. So, why am I bringing this up? Because I'm kind of putting myself toward the front of the line uh, when I do talk about it. But th- this all has a point, guys. This all has a point. Um, 
because Roxy put a great twist on on a couple of discussions this week, and because of her greatness, we came up with uh, with favorite child death scenes, um, which is extremely morbid to think about. Uh, but I, as, uh, well, no, not surprisingly, if you know me, <laughs> I enjoyed thinking about this one. Um, however, I didn't want to sound, uh, really bad and come off really bad by having this list of like 25 kick-ass child death scenes in movies. Uh, number one originally was the, uh, Dingo Stole My Baby, but then I remembered that that was based on real life and I would be extremely insensitive to bring that up probably. Yeah, you sick fuck. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, hey, dude, uh, what can you say? That's yeah. where I'm at in life. Um, but uh, I, I will get one, get, throw one out there to get us going. One that I like, and I like it because it was you build up to it, and then all the drama behind it. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the old ass movie, The Good Son, with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. But uh, at the end of that movie, Macaulay Culkin dies and in a glorious fashion where his mother has to choose. She's holding uh, uh, Elijah Wood and and Macaulay Culkin. They're they're, uh, hanging over a cliff. She's got one in each hand. Macaulay Culkin is her son, and she has to decide which one to save. And she knows that, that her son is such a little fucking piece of shit fucker uh, that that it would be it would be wrong to let this other boy die and let let her piece of shit son live. So she let Macaulay go and he fucking died, man. He fell down, yeah. boom, he's gone. Uh, that was awesome, and uh, I think I like that one because of the. It's not like one of those like from from a gore angle or something like that. It's from that angle of the the psychological bit of it, the the emotion of a mother letting her son go because she knows how terrible of a beast he is, you know? Yeah. And, and it's so fucking good. Um, my number one is, uh, it's actually also Macaulay Coco one. It is probably one you hear quite a bit. It is the death of Thomas J and my girl. Oh yeah. I forgot all about yeah. that. Now see, I'm looking at it as more like the, the scene where the kids are dead and what's happening to the characters and to see Veda just, come to terms with the first real, like her mother had died when she was younger, but this is the first real death in her life. And to see her come to grips with it, like right now I'm getting emotional. Like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Just to see her like, he doesn't have his glasses. Where are his glasses? Like, you know, just to see the true emotion of someone come to grips with somebody they love die. So I've got, I've got two of them. One's just a a quick honorable mention because it's it's the story, but I don't think you actually see them die, which is um, Primrose Everdeen from the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, she kind of she gets mm. blown up in front of the Capitol building as just like an affront to Katniss, and that's yeah. like a very touching moment in the story. But my my death would absolutely be the shark from Jaws just chowing down on that child. Oh yeah. And oh, just like yeah. a bunch gnarly. of kids a bunch of kids just playing around him and oof. <laughs> Dude, is it bad that I'm smiling and like trying not to laugh right now thinking about that scene and how fucking <laughs> cool it was? <laughs> mm. 
Oh, man, it reminds me of the uh, Anthony Jeselnik doing the shark party. Got in a lot of trouble oh, for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I'm pretty sure I saw that. I don't know why I was watching the Anthony Jeselnik show, and I think it's the only episode I've seen. But I saw it before it was scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> oh, you was... can still find it on YouTube. I think I've got it saved, actually. Uh, so, I just they... watched it last week. <laughs> they they go around sending like copyright notices to people every now and then. I'll do but, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But also, it's escaped into the internet, so it'll be there forever. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one there. Um, yeah, I've got I've got two more. One of them is also the Hunger Games. It's the death of Rue in the first one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's pretty sad. And my other one is actually one probably most people don't think about. It's the death of Gavroche in uh, Les Miserables, the musical. Mm-hmm. Never seen I actually, it. I saw that. I I looked up a list of them to try yeah. and see, like, what movies of these have I seen? And I saw that one, but I'm, I've probably so- seen Les Mis, but... So I'm going to give context to that one. So the scene in particular, um, the uh, uh, the people who are in the revolution, there's a, there's a big standoff in the street between them and the French soldiers. There's a big barricade, um, you know, like this big massive battle is happening and a lot of losses on both sides and everyone's tired. They want to give up. But then Gavroche, this little, this little boy, he's pretty much like the mascot of the, the revolution. He goes... Uh, you know what, he says fuck it, and he just he goes on the other side of the barricade, and he's almost taunting the the French guards in a way. He's, like, singing at them. It's just like, come on, we're not going to go anywhere. And one of them just pulls out his gun and just sh- shoots him dead right there. And it's just like, this is a little boy that this just happened to. Like, what the oh, hell? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then to, to see, like, to see the, the main re- revolution people, like, just, you know, no! And, like, you're trying to get to him, but everyone's holding them back. Like it's not time yet. It's up. Oh, it, it's a scene and a half, man. It's an underrated, underrated death scene in my opinion. I've got another one from this list too. Actually, it's a two for one. Okay. In in Pet Cemetery, George <laughs> dies twice. Yeah. Oh. Are we, are we talking the original Pet Cemetery? <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. he he gets hit by a semi truck, and then after he's buried and he comes back, uh, you actually do see the death scene specifically would be yeah. the dad stabbing him on screen. That little yeah. that bastard creeped the shit out of me as a kid because that was one of those VHS tapes my parents had, and they had the zombie the the they had him uh, on the back cover holding oh, yeah. the knife. I was like, what the. Break. <laughs> oh, <laughs> reminds Hell me of yeah. the Chucky story you were also telling me about. Yeah, I, I also like uh, in uh, the Patriot Mel Gibson movie. Oh yeah, when, uh, his, yeah, his son when his, his son, son like tries to get fucking uh, Joker Samuel? to yeah, uh, oh, and, yeah. And, and then and then um, Lucius Malfoy like shoots him and then he's just like. Stupid boy. And it's yeah. like, uh, you can't really argue that, because if you think about it, it's like, as soon as the kid starts uh, acting up and running to, you know, fuck with the British, you're like, stupid boy. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I'm going to piggyback off of that. Like, that is a movie I love to death. 
um, Jason Isaac's character in that movie is probably the character I hate the most in all the movies, which means he's doing a really good job of being a jerk. But mm-hmm. the death scene for me that gets me every time it, yeah, they're adults, but they're still the kids. Is when they gather everybody in the church after after uh, Heath Ledger and um, that uh, his uh, love interest get married, and he burns the church down. Yeah, yeah, that. that Every time gets my blood boiling. Know what gets me? Um, like uh, not in an angry way, but uh, in that movie when he's leaving and his little girl finally yeah. talks to him, you know, and she's like, "I'll say anything you want. What do you want uh, me to say? Just don't leave." It gets me every single time. Yeah, you know, I you you can think whatever you want about Mel Gibson and how you want to view his movies, but that scene right there, oh, breaks your heart every time. Yeah, it, it, dude, what cracks me up about him is watching the old videos before, or clips of his interviews and shit, and not movies, because, uh, you know, he was in Australia for a long time, he's American born, yep, uh, New York, he's an Australian, or uh, in Australia, um, but so, you know, like, his, his acting roles in Australia, he, he, you know, uh, it's not funny to hear the Australian accent then, but it cracks me up watching the old interviews where he's just him, Mel Gibson, doing an interview using the Aussie accent and it just cracks me up every time, yeah. dude. Well it's like it's like Christian Bale. Like you're used to you think, you know, he's an American accent has an American accent because when he's making his movies, he doesn't change he uses he speaks throughout production with the voice he uses for the character. So seeing him hearing him speak Welsh is a little off putting yeah. if you don't know he's Welsh. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. true. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Fucking now I'm back on Batman thinking about how great it would be to see him come back and Michael Keaton and and like like I think Christian or one of them had mentioned this week, just like have a ball come back in the in the in the end of a movie, the end of Flashpoint maybe a uh, post credit scene, you've got Christian Bale uh, in a bat suit, you've got Michael Keaton in the bat suit, yeah. you've got fucking George Clooney in the bat suit, you got Ben Affleck in the bat suit. The only you one that might be Robert hard Pattinson be, in there. Who cares? The only one that would be hard would probably be Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, that health would be. Issues yeah. Health issues and stuff. Yeah. Now, were there was it just Keith Looney and Kilmer in the original? Not the yeah. originals, but in the first ones, or was yeah, there yeah, another? Yeah, the, the first set. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay. Keaton, Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, fucking anyway. Uh, I'm now I'm starting to go backwards, but um, <laughs> yeah, those uh, Roxy's just great. I love how her mind works, and she was able to combine those two things together. Um. And then another thing, uh, our last topic that we'll touch on here before we uh, take our break and then get into some schmodown talk, uh, which I'm always stoked for now. Uh, and I shouldn't say now in a bad way, but I just mean now as in I don't know what it is, but uh, this season has just lit a fire under my ass uh, for schmodown. But anyway, we will get to that. Uh, something else they talked about that uh, kind of wanted to give our, our two cents on uh, favorite actors or actresses in specific roles. Um, I'll get us started here. Give an example. Um, I absolutely love Michael Parks as Esteban in Kill Bill Volume Two. I just he nailed that fucking role so well, so so well. I love it. Um, 
And I do have a, I do have another one, but I'm going to save that for last because it's probably I, it's probably the greatest thing in the world. Okay. But uh, which which of you guys wants to go first? I'll let y'all fight over who gets to go first next. All right, I'll go first, and this one is another one that's repeated a lot. But you know what? There's a reason for it. Christopher Reeve as Superman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 I look at him. And I don't see Christopher Reeve. I see Superman. I see Clark yep. Kent. Like, he nails it perfectly. And the best example of that, there is a scene that you can find on YouTube, and it is in the movie, where he goes to pick up Lois. Uh, this is in Superman in the movie. He goes to pick up Lois. She has to run and get um, uh, get get ready because she just finished interviewing Superman. So as she goes, uh, Clark, uh, Superman, he's... He's decided he's going to tell her, and he doesn't say a word. All he does is he takes off his glasses, and he stands up straight, and you you see him transform into Superman, and then he says in that voice, Lois, and then she's like, yeah, and then he double, you know, he, he double, he, he thinks better of it, and he puts his glass neck on, and he shrinks again, slumps his shoulders, and he becomes Clark Kent again, all without saying a word. He showed how you play the characters differently. It was perfect. Yeah, very good. Uh, I grew up on those movies too. Well, that was that was even earlier than Batman shit. That was what late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. So correct. Yeah, yeah, that was when I was about four or five in that range when I saw those. Um, I also remember I liked. Uh, I was obsessed with the Supergirl movie, but I think that was just because I was like a little kid and I just thought Supergirl was sexy. Hey, man, know. Helen Slater is, is still pretty attractive. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know who she is. I just remember I was all about the Supergirl because she, uh, because yeah, she was she fucking plays, hot. She plays Supergirl's adopted mom in the Supergirl TV series now. Oh yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then that's in cool. Smallville, she played Supergirl's mom, like actual mom. Damn. Or no, it wasn't Supergirl's mom. Sorry, he, she played Clark Kent's mom. That's what it was. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's her? That, in Smallville, that is her. No way. Yeah. Are you yeah. for real? 100%. Damn, I never uh, knew that, yeah, man. I'm, that's I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm going to quickly double-check that, but I'm really certain that was her who played uh, Lars, or, uh, uh, um, Clark's mom. And Martha? I mean, like... No, not Martha. Like, his birth mom. Not, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. Martha birth was a, mom. Yeah, Martha, who was a net, was a net tool who played Lana Lang in Superman 3. Okay, 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 cool, cool. Okay, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking somebody else. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she played Laura, Laura, Laura Zorel in three episodes of Smallville. All right, cool. Yeah, that's a great little throwback they did yeah. there, man, in that yeah. casting. Oh, for 100%. Oh, yeah. What do you so, got, yeah. Daniel? Yeah, I, I've i got a couple because I wasn't sure if they'd be stolen or not. But uh, the first one I want to bring up is Mark Hamill, as everybody knows the answer, the Joker. Oh, oh I was yeah. going to say Cockknocker. Yeah, yeah. I, no. I for for real. I thought that's what we were. That's I thought that's where you were going was Cockknocker. Mark Mark Hamill as the Joker <laughs> in the animated series and Mask of the Phantasm is like 
he's my Joker, and I've never seen him dressed as the Joker in yeah, live action. There. Just on voice, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, an actual portrayal of the character, I was going to go uh, Ian McKellen as Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, the the bravado that he can just, like, bring up within a second and go from, like, a kind, gentle, dope-smoking wizard to, like, oh, yeah, he's half a god and the most powerful being on Middle-earth at the moment. It's it's a very good performance. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's a it's a series that I actually recently rewatched for the first time in many many years, and yeah, he's he's lights out. Oh man, um, yeah, I I just got I just got lost. Um, <laughs> so I I well I got lost because a scene popped in my head from a movie completely unrelated, uh, but just the scene of uh. Leonardo Caprio uh, breaking that glass in Django, and, and he kept uh, going with the take. Yeah. Dude, him is Calvin Candy amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. 100%. Uh, also, him in Basketball Diaries, fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Leo is a very good actor, but a lot of people give him shit. But See, really I'm one actor. of those people where I think he's annoying as fuck and a douchebag in reality yeah. from what I've seen and heard. But he's such a damn good actor. Oh, yeah. I just, it gets on, and that gets on my nerves. It's the same way with Tom Cruise. I don't care for him as a person as far as what I've seen, but I, I enjoy the fuck out of his movies. Yeah, 100%. And that's another one. Him as Ethan Hunt is excellent casting. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I I never got into that series because I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. And so because he's so much that series and that character, it's so hard to get into this super cool spy shit that's going on because it's like, ah, but it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, and what's funny is, yeah, he's signed all and stuff, but he did an episode, a podcast episode of The Nerdist a number of years ago, and he, he sounds like a genuinely good dude. And I, that's actually something I've heard a lot lately, too, is he's a genuinely good dude to have on set. That's good. I mean, yeah. it's better than having an asshole on Yeah, like, he, like yeah, he's got an eccentricities, because he's Tom freaking Cruise. But, yeah. you know, don't, yeah. He, don't accept any books from him. Yeah, exactly. Just don't accept any books <laughs> yeah. from him, and don't let him take your theta levels. <laughs> the word dynamics, oh I know. But, no, I mean, apparently he's very approachable. <laughs> He, he's, you know, he always strikes a conversation with people. Apparently, he's a big movie fan. That's cool. Yeah, like, he he, watch, he says he watches at least a movie a night, and he's got a big home theater in his house. Like, he generally comes off as a really good dude who's just got some eccentricities. That's also, cool. Like, well, I mean, I he's, you know, he's he, he's one of the leaders of a cult, but, you know, yeah. that, let's not hold that against him. <laughs> yeah. At, at some point... He's going to die in the middle of a movie, and some studio is going to be very upset because they only yep. have half a Tom Cruise movie, and no <laughs> oh, one man. else can be Tom Cruise. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Oh, shit. You know, another, speaking of dying during a movie, another perfect casting was Heath Ledger as the Joker, and that's one I did not yes. believe in at first. I didn't either. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I look back at it now, and, and, and it's like, dude, there was no one else at the yeah. time other than him. Did you? And, and you know, to an extent, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker was another one that yeah. I I was like, man, I love Joaquin, and he's great, and he's really good at getting into the roles and stuff, but I just I had no idea where this was going to go. Yeah. It, but it was amazing. Yeah. Have you seen the video that's been circling around, I'd say, the last year or so of um... – uh, Tom Waits, uh, Tom Waits interview in the seventies that you would think Heath Ledger got his performance the Joker from because it's the exact same voice and the exact same mannerisms. Really, I'm gonna have yeah. to look that up, man. Yeah, I, I, I saw it on Twitter the other day. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, please do, man. I'd like to check that out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Waits was awesome in uh, uh fucking uh, oh, shit, the Dracula. Yeah. Yes. So good. So good. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, Gary Oldman as Dracula in my movie. Yeah. I, uh, Gary Oldman is probably, yeah, if you're going to ask me who is your favorite living actor, Gary Oldman is my go-to every single time. Oh, really? I just, I fucking love him so much. I don't understand how he's not been knighted yet. He's fucking amazing. Um, and it just, he's so versatile, he can hide into roles. Um, perfect example of that is True Romance, is Drexler. Yeah. Or, uh, Come on, dude. Or, Ow. you know, Fifth Element, which is really good. Yes. Or, and also, yeah, that movie's nuts. Also, on the other end of the spectrum, he can really jump out of a character like he does in fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, like, serious Black. He, he's just mm. like, an insane person and then actually just becomes a father figure and he's just this nice dude and it's it's very weird that he's he yeah. he flips from one to the other and just yeah. yeah one of his best performances is one of his first his big first big role uh, breakout roles was uh, as Sid Vicious and Sid and Nancy no shit. I've never yeah. I mean I've obviously heard of that movie, but I've never seen it and I didn't yeah. know he was in it, but yeah, now I want to watch he, it. He's the vicious and he is good. Wow. Yeah, the he's great, is, man. The movie itself is so so, but but his performance is is just second in none. And oh yeah. And uh and, and to wrap wrap it up uh for for this segment of Essien Live segment of the show. Um, like I said, when we started this specific topic here, I have the perfect, uh, um, it's voiceover, but it's still a great performance. Um, I, I beg to, to say that it is, uh, it's better than Hamill as Cockknocker and Joker. Um, Darth Vader, uh, as the, as the, 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 the head honcho in Lion King, uh, Darth Vader in Lion yeah. King was just fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Um, you know, because as a child, I was introduced, obviously, I was introduced to him uh, in A New Hope, and then uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, where he was redeemed, and then and then he comes back uh, uh, from the Force Ghost world, and he does this amazing fucking voiceover uh, of Simba's father in The Lion King, um, and, and it's just, it's so great. And then, and then we had to watch him die all over again, you know, a uh, fucking yeah. force ghost died all over again. Stupid Jeremy Irons, fucking three musketeers, asshole. Yeah. 
had to go also, and kill Vader's Force Ghost. Uh, but that's it for me is Vader in the Lion King. But you was know awesome. what? His performance was so great, they tried to capture it again in the re- in the remake. And unfortunately, that one didn't work. But I, I 100% with you on Simba. 100%. And yeah, when they went back 25 years later and remade the Lion King, the one person who came back was James Earl Jones. Yeah. Like, they should, he's the you know, they only one. Just, what I would have done, because his performance in the remake was not the best. You could tell he was old. I would have just yeah, reused his dialogue for the adult. Um, I, 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 re- do wanna, I do want to shout out Jeremy Irons in Lion oh, King yeah. as well. Yes, <laughs> as, uh, as Scar, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the duo is, ooh, wow. Yeah, and Timon and Pumbaa also. Like, yeah. Um, yes, uh, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabella oh, were perfect. A lot of that cast is amazing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and what's what's funny about that is I'm going to go a little bit into the behind-the-scenes stuff. That was being developed at around the same time as Pocahontas. Pocahontas was considered to be a movie. That had all the top-tier Disney people working on it. Nobody thought Lion King would do anything. Yeah, it was like their, their B movie that yeah. they were going to release at like at the other end of the year. Exactly. And then look how it turned out. It's one of the most... Best movies they've ever done, if not the best. And Dude, I uh, mean, they've kind of kept that like strategy going because you always yeah. see whenever a Toy Story comes out, there's a very like experimental movie that comes out as well. Yeah, and sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't. But yeah, in my professional opinion, uh, and and the profession I speak of is a uh, a loather. Okay, not a hater, a loather of animated uh, Disney movies. Uh, as a professional loather, uh, Lion King is the shittiest fucking movie, um, the animated movie that Disney has ever put out. Uh, I hate that fucking movie so much. Um, really? Can you explain why? It, it fucking sucks, dude. Um, I, I don't even, I can't, okay. I've only seen it. Well, I saw it once as when it first came out and I didn't care for it. Um, but it just, um, I, I watched it last year, uh, for, uh, for a review thing. Uh, we did here, my former co-hosts on the show, Kaylin and I gave each other a movie that we'd not seen or, um, and, and she gave me Lion King cause she knows I hate Disney animated yeah. shit. Uh, but I, I don't know, dude. Uh, I can't explain it. I just think it fucking sucks. Um, I think it's boring as shit. Um, I fast forwarded through every fucking song other than the circle of life. And that was only because it was the opening song. And I figured this is the start. Uh, but then I fast forwarded through every song. You should not have fast forwarded through be prepared. (laughs) Honestly, that's like the best one. You'd have been better off fast forwarding through everything that wasn't a song. Most of the <laughs> most of the story is in the singing. Yeah, now see, it's the singing that that irritates me. Um, see, I'm the yeah. age. I was that was nineteen ninety four, so I was seven when that came out. So for me, that entire Disney Renaissance era holds a very special place in my heart because that is my childhood. Yeah, I was yeah. negative one. I grew up with yeah. a Lion King VHS tape. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> now, speaking one more perfect casting. You can't talk Disney without talking Robin Williams as the genie. Oh, yeah. Never seen that movie either. 
Are you well, like I said, man, well, when I was here's here's I've said it on the show before. Uh, I'll say it again here for you guys. But um, as a child, I saw Bambi and it made me fucking cry. And and so I've only seen Bambi that one time. And I fucking I, I, I don't like Disney animated shit, man. They're fucking depressing. Uh, someone always dies, mostly a parent. Or, or in the case of Dumbo, which also made me cry, uh, all he wanted yeah. was a fucking friend. You know? All he wanted was a friend, and no one would be his fucking friend. And okay. that shit just, it was depressing as fuck. I was a sensitive kid. And okay. so I oh. just, I don't like that shit. Although I okay. do love the Robin Hood with the foxes. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great film. Uh, no, do yourself a favor and watch Aladdin. Nobody dies in there. Uh, nobody There's... dies in that. And you have to watch it for Robin Williams. You have to. There's a lot of music in that one too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's probably my personal favorite over The Lion King. And what I love is one of my favorite things is there's a scene in the beginning where you meet a vendor who happens to also be voiced by Robin Williams. So then they didn't write the scene. All they did was they gave Robin Williams a table that was covered with a with stuff on it covered in the recording booth and they're like okay go and that entire scene is improvised off of what he what was on the table everything came off the top of his head oh wow oh yeah and there's a, on the dvd there is footage of that of him doing it it is genius so if Man, i if i'm gonna, I'm gonna say that, that you have to go back you, if you're gonna sit down and watch one i would say a line for robin Williams. And yeah, but they're uh, singing in it right yeah, it's a Disney movie. Fucking see, uh, that's where you lose me. Like there are, I could, there are probably ten or less musicals that I like. Like I, there are some that I really like, uh, but for the most part, I'm not interested in musicals whatsoever. Okay, fair enough. See, I'm 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 a big music theater nerd. I love the I love straight up stage plays. Okay. with no songs and shit, just like straight up stage plays are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, but like, I love Chicago. I love that fucking movie. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy Sweeney Todd, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you know, Wizard of Oz, but I mean, there's 10 or less that I yeah. enjoy. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm big in the, the musicals, because like I said, I'm into, I'm, I'm a big music, music theater nerd. <laughs> That's cool. Hell yeah. And yeah, if I could just throw in one last guy before we go to go break for here. It. Um, the guy whose life story fits the character so well, they oh. basically adapt it into his lines, and it's Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, where he yeah. Was, he was such a beloved figure, and then fell from grace, and then picked himself up and became Iron Man. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. the greatest redemption story in Hollywood, in my opinion. Yeah, he's great. Uh, just man, he he channels it in, dude. He he gets locked into those roles. Well, yeah, because um, he he gets so it. Like like Tony Stark is a, a alcoholic who crashed, you know, rock bottom. Robert Downey Jr. is a drug addict who crashed rock bottom and went to jail for it. Like he yeah. is Iron Man, literally. And yep, I can't believe and I didn't think of that either. And while I wasn't like a huge fan of the Iron Man movies after the first one. 
I I watched them to go along with the whole MCU and even not being super attached to it still like shed a tear yeah. at the last I am Iron Man uh, snap. I love Avengers Endgame so yeah. much. I'm going to add uh, one more to this. Infinity War is a little bit better. You see I'm I'm more on the Endgame thing because I love the raids. I love seeing the payoffs like ah! When he, yeah, when, right. he had, when he had Mjolnir for the first time, or when he said Avengers See, I think assemble. it's a good landing. <gasps> yeah, I think it's a good landing, but I just, I prefer Infinity War because they had the space to do yeah. what they wanted, you know? Oh, yeah. And it, it was devastating. Yeah. I walked out of that movie just shell-shocked, as if yeah. I was there and watched, you know, half the friends I went to the movie with disappear. Yeah, you and me both. That 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 ending was out of nowhere. But I'm gonna have one more MCU actor to this, Chris Evans. Oh yeah, because mm. yep. in real life, yeah, that's, he is... that's America's ass. That's... I was about to say, man, nobody's ass could fill those pants. That, but also in real life, <laughs> well, he Scarlett is Johansson's good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, there you oh, go, Elizabeth Olsen. But anyways, no, in real life, Captain uh, Chris Evans is Captain America. Like, he is a good dude. They couldn't have picked a better person to embody that character. And a oh, worse yeah. one to embody Johnny Storm. <laughs> no, see, I liked his Johnny Storm. I thought he was good as Johnny Storm. He, he's, he's good at playing a cocky asshole. As if he you saw plays Nigel. it well. Yeah. He plays it well, but I know Chris Evans, and I'm just like, ah, oh, that's not Johnny Storm. Not at all. <laughs> Agree to disagree on that one, but yeah, you know, I, I'm also of the opinion I like the Fantastic Four movies, but, you know. I liked the first one well enough, but yeah. it it was also the mid-2000s. They couldn't really work with things. Exactly. I can't wait for I, a new one. Oh. I like oh. Jessica Alba. Yeah, she wasn't bad. Yeah. I kind of wanted an Easter egg cameo of the Fantastic Four within... End game, basically. That would have been nice. Just like oh. have them off in the background. You don't have to cast them. I don't need to know any of the actors who played. Yeah. But just show like a big like force field, and then a rock guy come in and like yeah. punch a thing. And you were breaking open the universe anyway. You might as yeah. well have dragged a second one in. That's how they're gonna explain it when they finally yeah. do. Or even then, just have like a such uh, subtle nod to like their origin, like. Oh, these four explorers are going on a on a space mission, you know, or, or something like that, right? Yeah, and there was so many like rumors about like when they're moving out of uh, Avengers Tower, and it's actually the location of it is apparently the comic location of the Baxter Building. Yeah, see, which I is heard the Fantastic Four hideout. Yeah, I see. And, I heard, and I heard Oscorp. a lot of things. I heard Oscorp as well, but a lot of people were saying, like, no, no, that looks like and is in the placement of the Baxter building. Okay. It could be Fantastic Four. And it could be, yeah. I, I just wish I got just a little glimpse of, not even specifically them, but any character that was, although the first family would be per. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody can do it right, it'll be, it'll be them. It'll be, it'll be Marvel Studios. Yeah, I've got faith in Marvel Studios. Yeah, same. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, that's fucking badass, dude. We had a we had a great uh, we had a great first half of the show here talking about all this shit, man. Uh, 
been awesome. Um, although we are going to take a quick promo break here uh, for some other shows from Work with a Movie Blog. You can listen to those and uh, check those out too. And then Louie will be joining us on the back half here for Schmodown Talk as we get into the Inner Geekdom and Star Wars match. Uh, two Inner Geekdom matches and one Star Wars match dropped this week. Uh, so stick around for that. We will be right back, guys. Hey everybody, I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosting Beyond the Screen, but now here at Move with the Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Screen. So join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related and when we, I guess, get to the Game Over Screen. I don't know. I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's name, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Sean here. Be sure to check out the new podcast over here at Mark with the Movie Blog, Beyond the Screen. Mike, Sarah, and I every week coming together, doing our own little our own little radio show, whatever you want to call it, talking movie news, life, TV news, anything. Whatever comes up, that's what we're going to talk about. Every week, just come check it out. Where? Where? On the Mark with the Movie Blog feed! Perfect! <laughs> Yay, okay, don't listen. Got- I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. Hey, and welcome back, everybody. Be sure and check out those shows, again, from Merc with the Movie Blog. I've uh, got some good shit going on here. It's pretty fun. And, uh, hey, finally able to join us here tonight. Perfect. Just in time for some Schmodown talk. We got Louie from, uh, from, obviously, Schmoes of the North. Um, <laughs> how you doing, bud? It's good to have you here. Bonjour. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm happy the whole, almost the whole gang is on your show, like originally was planned. So patience comes fruition, right? Yep. Yes, sir. And yep. we tried a couple times for me to do your show too, but uh, <laughs> UFOs, man, I blame yep. UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to upgrade some equipment and stuff, so hopefully I'll be able to get better uh, video streaming connections and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that but, was uh, that was a weird week. That was a weird weekend. Yeah, and it was a lot of great discussion too. And Louie and I had a hands up contest. Yeah, uh, that was great too. Yeah, man, but you know what? 
Well, that was just the tip of the iceberg, sir. Uh, we're going to have a lot more conversations and a lot cooler stuff we're going to do. So uh, it's too bad we missed it, but at least it showed us yeah. we had a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. you know what? You're always welcome on because Lou's actually going to be taking a, a break here pretty soon because uh, he's about to become a father. Ooh. All right. <laughs> uh, <I'm mixed> emotions. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, actually, so uh, it's going to be me and uh, Dave who's going to be running the ship for a little bit. And we're actually going to be having um, some rotating co hosts. And uh, this is my, um, I'm extending an offer to you, Jay Wade, if you're interested. I would absolutely love to do that, man. I'm interested. And uh, yeah, man, we'll sort that out uh, when the time comes. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, thank oh, yeah. you very much. The one person I, I and you can tell one person I kept insisting that we need to invite him is you, my sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's great. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a shame that uh, that 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 was lost, dude. But it was a lot of fucking fun hanging out and shooting the shit about Schmodown and Amy uh, Heel and all that stuff. Because you know we like to uh, we like to have but well i like to i don't know maybe have a little bit too much fun when i talk about some of the competitors but anyway um, uh, let's get into some showdown and this will be great for louis is he's he only knows the results of one of the matches the star wars match right right oh all right you cut out for a second no we're good uh, <laughs> um, so we're going to run through these are back. gremlins uh, we had some last week too but oh, uh, god yeah, it was. Yeah, but I got I got more faith in tonight. Um, so we're going to run through these here in order that they released this week. Uh, but we're going to let Louis give his prediction on who won, and then uh, fill him in on the match here. So the first one we had dropped mon- well Monday for Patreon. Uh, the Inner Geekdom match with Emily Rose Jacobson from Finstock Exchange versus Eric Zipper from the Dungeon. Uh, Louis, who did you have winning that one? Um, I gave choices on my last show that I kept reflecting, reflecting. Uh, <clears throat> both of them are very, very good competitors, uh, have their own skills. Zippers, a bit more of an unknown factor. Uh, Rose was someone who needed to step up. So I was depending, like, how serious does that feeling drive her, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. by weighing those two thoughts, I said to myself, zipper. Okay. Um are you confident I, in that in that pick? Oh. Okay, hey Dan, what was that you just said? <laughs> yeah, I I thought a little differently going into the match. Like I thought Emily Rose kind of like just had a bad match in in Atlanta, was it? And then yeah. like she's she's a pretty good competitor and it's clear she knows the stuff and hmm. like couldn't pull some answers in that match that I'm sure she knew. But yeah, yeah. So I was confident in her until, uh, what was it? Zipper had an interview like right before the match, and he really actually changed my opinion himself. Right. He's he seemed very calm, collected. Like he's he's been training with Smets and Parker. Like, oof. Yeah, who well, you yeah, like? You can't miss with that. Yeah. Is, um, how decisive was he? Opinion. Not giving me answers, right? But like was in the he, match, in the match. Oh, he was like, he was focused yeah. and confident. Like he he was in the, in the zone. He yeah, was he was the first half of that match against Stacy Howard. That's how in it he was. Yeah. Okay. See <laughs> if I change my opinion or not. Can someone answer me this? Who dominated round two? 
Uh, oh God, I'm trying to remember. It was Zipper, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was Zip. Okay, Zipper I, dominated. I think so, yeah, Zipper dominated. But is Zipper a good round one guy? I think he is. Round three, round three is anyone's guess. I still say Zipper. And I Matt, mean, who did we have? Who did we have win that match? Hey, before I say that, I just want to say I had also had Emily Rose. Just because when I interviewed her after Atlanta, you could I knew right away she wants to be the champ. Now, with that said, yeah. Zipper won. <laughs> 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 and you know what? It was a good match on his part. And yeah, it was the same thing as Atlanta. Actually, round two ended up the same way as Atlanta, with opponents and spinner's choice both being spun. And she had to make the decision. It was bonkers. Right. right. But yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. good match by both. But Zipper, Zipper brought his, his A game. She took MCU, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, and she... The, the questions were pretty kind of deep cut. I, mm-hmm. at least from my mm-hmm. memory. But she did not do well at all. Went to multiple mm-hmm. choice. I think there was some steals. Uh, yeah. Zipper, she gave him Middle Earth because she checked out his old matches and thought he wasn't good at it. And but turns out the... he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, like you say, he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He just wasn't able to retain a lot of the information like most people on that. But you know what? He pretty much swept around. I was really surprised, man. To be honest, um, I this to be honest, um, I don't know who I had. Uh, well, I mean, I know specific people in uh, in the both brackets for Inner Geek Demand Star Wars that I had winning, but some matches I either didn't call a winner or I can't remember who I called. This is one of those matches. Um, but I, for some reason, though, going into it, I was thinking Emily Rose was just gonna kind of walk all over Zipper and I was very very sadly mistaken on that mm-hmm. on that guess. I mean, yeah. and I was extremely impressed with Zipper's performance. No, ditto. And you know what? My heart broke for Emily cuz like I said when I talked to her, you know, she wants to be uh a, a the inner kingdom champion and so I, you know, I I yeah, my heart broke. But I I don't honestly don't know what she's got to do to get over that hump. Like, she's, right now, she's at a glass ceiling. Yeah. Guys, things just popped. This is what may potentially happen. Let's say Zipper is an actual force to be reckoned with in Intergeetham. Smets, Parker, and Zipper. Holy shit. Oh, wow. So, Dungeon, yeah. Dungeon might actually survive and go higher if they specialize in one league. And was that... You know, is this intention or is this a good uh, add-on, like said in French, just, uh, uh, you know, by chance, but an interesting mistake that you can take advantage of? You mean a happy They're accident? They're going to dominate. Yeah, happy accident. Wow. They might dominate. Yeah, you know the what? Thing now, is, after this match, anything's possible. Yeah, the then? thing is, he's got to go into a 36-person singles tournament coming up soon, and he's pretty weak on the singles competitors. I mean, he's got Zipper, but that's his best singles competitor, most well-known. See, now what I would do is I would take the person who goes the, 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 doesn't go, does not go the furthest in this tournament, and I would put them in there. Because uh, I don't know if you really? guys watched the, um, you guys have watched the exhibition matches that they did at the beginning of COVID? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, not he, all of them. Okay, I've watched did, some of them. Did Depends you watch, on which one. Did you watch the champions match? Yes, I did. Yes, okay, and I was I was surprised by the results. Yeah, you could put Smets in that tournament, and you'd be fine. I'd I'd like to see that, but yeah, I I think he's going more with Adam Witt, uh, probably Video Drew because she's going to draw a crowd at the yeah. very least. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> then like Vinny Mancuso and Zip. I could see Zip going in. To be honest, I, I want. Uh, I'm gonna be a broken record, but I want Parker to go in because he's undefeated in general anywhere. He's never lost once in uh, in um, the fan leagues, right? I thought it so, was eleven and one or something. Yeah, I he had in, one in, lot. in one, no, he's undefeated. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, because he he did a, a good number of um, remember uh, exhibition matches don't count. Yeah, yeah, I, that's I, right. I they don't, don't count on the record. <laughs> that being said, those um, like what maybe thirteen, fourteen uh, Inugitham style matches. He still did singles, and he still didn't lose. And apparently, he crushed it. He has some movie general movie knowledge that he might not win the whole thing. If it goes to almost like the semifinals, you have a lot of points for the dungeon, even in singles. Yeah, that's we're at that point, point now. Where I'm not worried. Also, if they put an IG competitor in as the dungeon, they're gonna end up in the play-in round, and that's just an extra couple of points, right? That is there go. Damn. Yeah, All right. Very good point. But somebody that with the technical knowledge, I just, I'm just like, oh, I didn't know this question. I knew this question. This person won. What's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love having the technical people on here. Um, that's great. Um, yeah, that that match was pretty badass. And something that, in talking about the position that the dungeon is in right now, brought to mind that I don't. Of course, this is the first season for the draft, and so no one really knew what to expect, and especially mm-hmm. no one knew what to expect from certain managers. I mean, we we've uh, we're familiar with uh, Roxy and Dagnino, you know, but. Uh, Winston uh, was a new one. Shannon Barney, obviously a new one. Kate. And so I was not sure what was going to happen and how it was going to look and how well some of these managers were going to do. And I've been shocked by that, too, like how well Winston has done, how well Kate has done, and how much uh, the decisions in their draft picks make sense now but didn't in the moment. But it's like... They obviously have a knack for this, and it's and that's surprising me too. It, are the managers now? What I'm wondering is if maybe there's a little bit of luck involved because remember when the draft happened, nobody saw the predicament we're in now, right? No. Like there were supposed to be the team matches and like uh, you know the pay per views and stuff like that. So I'm wondering just how that is how much luck it has played into how things are going right now. Oh, luck! I, yes. Oh. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah, I I disagree with that for swag Mm. specifically because I believe that, like, the same amount of Star Wars matches would have played out throughout the league. We'd get one Mm. a month, two a month, but it's feasible that you would want a person to go through at least three, four matches when you have nine or ten different Star Wars competitors. It's... It's possible Swag could still be up there thanks to Andres. 
No, that's true. Was he yeah. originally intended to be a Star Wars player, though? Uh, it says though. he drafted him to play Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and Winston probably saw the intensity we saw now mm-hmm. uh, and the, the shift, right? And something in Winston's brain said, hey, 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 this is an untapped gem under my wing. We're going to be big and really believe in guy. So... It shows like what kind of match sometimes uh, between a player and a manager actually affects if he if he chose him because he saw that he, uh, that intensity and it worked for him. He's a good manager. Yeah, he he is a great manager. Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, again, and I can't. Uh, I'm like that with everything, but uh, I had forgotten to mention, and it just popped in my head. Uh, boy. Is real. I think of everyone. He's the one who has surprised me the most. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but if if and and this is, goes nothing to uh, uh, against him. Like I don't have any personal opinions against any of these managers or anything like that. But if you were to line them all up and just based on what I've uh, been exposed to from them via YouTube and and Collider and Schmoes and stuff like that. Boy would be the one that I would be kind of questionable about as to how well he would do. Um, if honestly, I'm just going to be blunt. If he would be any good at it, and these last during this tournament, what the last three four weeks or so, I've yeah, he is he's got a knack for it, and uh, not only that, but he, I love how hyper and excited he is about it. Uh, he just, I, I just, I, I find myself really enjoying Koi uh, as a manager here a lot. So I wanted to throw that out there too. I'd say that's probably the one that really surprised me the most. Of yeah, the no, managers. I'm, and, I'm with you. I'm with you there. And to interject, because Koi's excited. Koi has a joy of living, right? But it's not just like a movie release dates where it's all excitement, but like there's no organization, right? So he has that loving charm. Uh, but at the same time, he is smart savvy about the game. Mm-hmm. He knows how how to co-coach his players without really telling them what to do, right? And that takes a, an amazing resource. He has excitement, but he has the brains for learning how to get to a championship. Yeah. My favorite thing about Koi was... Um... I think it's in the Alba match when he gets Spinner's Choice and they they break it down trying to decide if he wants MCU or DCE. And Koi breaks it down for him in the way that MCU, you've got a bigger film array, but the questions will not be as deep cut. DCEU has been spun by Kalinowski countless times. We know mm-hmm. how deep those questions get, more or less, is what he said. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. And that was that was very smart on his part, because uh, that's something I never would have really thought of. But yeah, that's that right there is where you show just how good of a uh, manager he is. Amen. Yeah, and he also knows movies. Like if you've seen him on movie fights over at Screen Junkies, like oh god, <laughs> just he doesn't have the best recall. That's what makes him a good oh. manager. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and. Uh... And also keeping on with good managers, man. Um, 
I've been really happy to uh, actually see Sam Levine in front of the camera. Uh, yeah. That's just it's it's been really cool, and I hope when we can get back to a studio and a theater uh, kind of production that he's able to be on camera more than two. And that's not a knock. I'm just saying I really I enjoy him on camera, and I want his schedule to be able to work out where it's good for him to do his, his jobs and, and his projects, but it also works out for him to be on camera more. Um, yeah. that's, but, that's uh, the thing. Like he's very popular with the, um, the convention circuit or whatever. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to do with you what I did with Dave with the, the, the wild berries. Sadly, it's not a, Na, na, na. Hey, bye, Sandavin. He's not <laughs> doing good. I don't. I don't think we're gonna see him that much because he's busy. And once the studio yeah. time, time it comes, there's a reason why he's more present over Cam. Right? He's busy as hell. Yeah. And this is his time to shine. He's not shining. Or so then go back to regular matches. He's getting not in studio. It's his representatives. Uh, it's not looking good, in my opinion. Yeah, but you know what? Management is not just being on camera. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot that goes made, on that he hasn't don't made good decisions. Well, it's not, since... it hasn't made good decisions. He hasn't made decisions that paid off yet. He's he's That's made true. some pretty good decisions. But since we're talking about Sam, should we get into the second match of the week, which was the Star Wars match? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good call. Oh yeah, man. Usual suspects. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And I've been well since since Molly Damon first played in that uh, five way at, at celebration, like what three years ago or something, two or three years ago, to try to get into the tournament to play her husband. Uh, ever since then, I've been just wanting this match so bad with her and and Alex for the title. Uh, since then, I have veered off, and I'm a big Laura Kelly fan. Uh, Matt and I have talked about that many yep. times. Amen, um, brother. Yep. Uh, definitely want to see her go all the way. But sadly, Molly's run toward that uh, that title shot was shot down uh, by a Finstock Exchange member, Demolanta. Uh, he wanted a Damon. He got yeah. a Damon. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Molly didn't go down while the fight. That was a good match. No, yes, she's it was. a fierce competitor. Yeah. Yes, she is. She has nothing to be ashamed or hang her, her head low. That was... She, she is getting the training she needs. And obviously, it, it solidifies the other Damon as an amazing Mount Rushmore eventually because he's able to pass on his knowledge and share a system that works for him. Not quite a hundred percent for his wife, but she might get there. Yeah. All she's got to do oh, yeah. is she's got to find her own, her own methods. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. I mean, if she ever faces Alex, it's very easy to just look at him with like, if you answer this five pointer, there's a couch you can sleep on for a <laughs> yeah, week. I was just thinking the same thing. Let's sleep on the couch. Might be the only way you beat him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Fuck, man. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, no, poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Demolanta just wanted it more. 
Yeah, yeah. he's a beast. Yes. Yeah, man. Woo, that kid. I I, uh, I went into Ben Goddard. I did. I was part of the Schmodown raid that happened afterwards. Went to Ben Goddard's stream, and he actually ended up in talking to Dimalenta, and he was he was so excited to have won. Like he he was pumped. Like he he's like a weight that lifted off of his shoulder even more. That's great, um, man. Um, but but the big one from this match was that challenge with the pronunciation and then yeah. the requested spelling, which was not it. What I'm not even going to get into that right now because I'll just fucking get mad and and rant on and on. But um, but believe me, because I got something to bring up. Another example of lack of consistency um, in, in this new sport. But uh, what do we think of – somebody break this down for us and explain what this challenge was. I don't care which one of you, just one of you, because you can tell I'm getting fucking excited, and I don't know yeah. if I can stop talking. Has anyone, like, watched it back a couple of times? No, unfortunately, I don't have the time. Uh, because, he made sense. Yeah, I, I haven't either. What, what I think um, – I think he should have just repeated the answer. Like, um, do, no. like, wait, wait, repeat his answer and then spell it. One that would have given him, like, spelled the word uh, that he said okay. out loud rather than a different one altogether. I think he second-guessed himself a little bit if I want to get inside his head a little bit. And uh, really, the problem with the whole thing is I don't think he said the I in a it's Tiderium and it very much sounds like he said Tiderium if I'm not mistaken he said Tiderium he had the I he just didn't put the M the, um, the mm sound in it it was an in is how he pronounced yeah. it Tiderium yeah but I then didn't... Molly said um like U-M and they counted that as right so which one is it is it I-M or U-M and it's... does that matter it's it's definitely I U M and yeah. Molly had it perfectly correct, which is mm -hmm. why we cannot fault her the points at all. And, and also, she spoke it clearly into the microphone. And also, uh, for Star Wars League, yeah, kind of maybe not as exaggerated in the other leagues, maybe in her geekdom, but for something really specific that you know you have to. There's a difference between the M and the N because they're so unique names. That I think for this league, he kind of got to. Yeah. 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 You another have to be... thing. Yeah. Another thing is you just say, like, I won't be able to spell this correctly, but these are the sounds. And you go through it, like, syllable yeah. by syllable. And that that should have been an acceptable enough answer. Just yeah, but, but either way, he got the last letter wrong. And that's what makes the whole difference. Yeah. I say congrats to Harloff. He he found a way that it was logical, right? Yeah, the the right or wrong was not based off of necessarily uh, how he pronounced it. How he pronounced it triggered the fact that Harloff had to check, and he said N at the M at yeah. the end, right? So if he would have said M, yeah, no, I meant M. Hello, okay, you got it. But he originally didn't meant to put M anyway. So he double verified it worked, and you know, I think I think it was just. Yeah, no, I'm 100%. It was the right call. Um, there was nothing wrong in this, in the way it went down, in my opinion. That's just, but that's just me. I, oh, I, also, I completely I, agree. Yeah, I also think it was the right call. I just, in my honest opinion, I thought I had heard an M, but I did hear the word a little 
mispronounced anyway, so it it warranted the repeat ask by Christian, and it warranted the spelling ask. And if if he had the N originally, or if he yeah. changed it in the moment, it's still wrong. Yeah, this this was a, an example of, of of the Mandela effect because there are a lot of people that did hear uh, Andrew say it correctly, even though he did not. Right. Right. Um. I, 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 I gotta say though, regardless of anything, uh, regardless of if I agree with challenges and or the outcome, regardless of anything, I love when, when this kind of stuff happens because at the very least it's entertaining, but it's just, uh, well, yeah, it's just fucking entertaining. And yeah. I, I just, it's, it's great to see. I do wish like uh, Matt and I were talking a little bit before we started, you could tell Christian was upset um, with with it, and he he gets a little I don't know flustered is the right word, but uh, you know you can just tell when he's he's not completely in the moment of what he's doing, and something else is gnawing at him, and you could tell that uh, like we were saying, Matt is probably had to be the chat uh, uh, reading the chat and just like oh my gosh, you fucking idiots, dude. yeah, and you know what that's. Pretty, he pretty much said that. It's like I've been reading the chat, and it's just like you know what, fuck you. And I, yeah. I agree with him. Like the dude has so much on his plate, man. And you know, having so many people go after them because they think he was wrong when in reality, no, it was the right call. Like, yeah, I understand his frustration because he probably gets it a lot too. Honestly, this is why I think we really should make a case of Ken Napsok. Going yeah. in the announcing team, Harloff has to stay away from the comments, has to stay away from maybe involving the decisions, pull the strings, be the present, open uh, live events, and you know, do the intro, like uh, do the voice thing. Then disappear, let Ken do what he has to do, let him learn the, the yeah. rules, and, and, and advance into getting this into an international sport, Harloff. Put your yeah. energy somewhere else. He he really needs to pull a Vince McMahon here and just leave the broadcast booth. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a great he's a great broadcaster, but I think it's it's time he has a lot more things to kind of focus on, focus on for this league, and announcing isn't one of them. And well, the, I think that okay. like his biggest problem with all the challenges, especially, and I love them. the The more challenges in a match, the more times that graphic has to come up, I I have so much more excitement. But really. Like yes, I I yeah, love I understand it. Him. See, I understand it's, him. it's it's the nitpicky challenges that piss me off. Yeah, and I think it pains him so much because he mm. is always trying to get the rightest call in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, because he yeah. still has a show to do, especially in a live one like the Star Wars matches, and he just it it really it must like eat him up when he has to decide a match almost by ruling in favor of one player or the other and yeah, so that... it's it's very tough they're all his friends employees they're people he whose company he enjoys like yeah it's a no, tough gig. yeah that's why i think it's maybe time instead he focuses on behind the scenes yeah exactly also, because if you put someone on the announcement desk he can then it frees him up to become that third impartial judge that comes into the booth to yeah, um, exactly. everybody yeah. is always calling for. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, exactly. Just um, that sit in the gorilla booth, uh, Harloff. That's the, sit in the gorilla position. That's all you got to do. 
<laughs> well, that's that's something that I had thought about while we were sitting here talking about this. Is you know what? Uh, uh, well, we all know that at least right now Christian is going to continue to to be on the desk. That's yeah. fine, whatever. But what? Why don't we uh, do like a football, American football, I should say, type thing? where when there's a challenge on the field, it's not the referees on the field. In this case, Ellis mm-hmm. and Christian being the referees who decide it, uh, they make the calls on the field. And then if it's challenged by the coach, there's a single person up in a booth who, who makes the final decision. And like, like we just, like you guys just got into and, and got there. Uh, yeah. My thought right there, man, have, well, Knapsack's in the league, I, which I think I think he's going to end up retiring. I, I would like to oh, see Knapsack retire done. and and be the new manager of the Droogs. But That's anyway, gonna I hope uh, it shouldn't be Baby Heel. I'm. I think the way he. I think he was extremely disrespectful, not only to Ken during that match, but also to the de- or to the uh, the Burning Droogs as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Um, was belittling and degrading Knapsack, and that did not help Knapsack in that match and therefore hurt his entire faction. And I think it was bullshit, unprofessional, and disrespectful. And that statement right there, unlike all of my other statements that I've made about Baby Heel, that statement right there that I just made about Brandon Hanna, I absolutely mean it 100%. I think it was shitty, disrespectful, and fucking unprofessional. But anyway, sorry about that. But yeah, uh, having, let, let me get through this real quick so I can stop ranting. Um, but yeah, having one person who does the challenges, that would be great. And then that way it, it also takes the... And I, I don't want to say blame, but it takes the heat off of Christian as well, uh, because mm-hmm. then you've got to direct those decisions or yeah. the, uh, the, your feelings toward the decision maker. Now, see, and then I, I would say what I would do is, like you said, in, in American football, it's one person. I would go the NHL route and have a war room. So what happens is when the challenge is made, the referees go to the timekeeper's box and they connect them to the war room in Toronto where a group of people are watching the tape and trying to look at every angle to determine the correct position. I think they should go that route. So instead of one person uh, being the mediator, you have like a couple that are not affiliated at all with what's going on as people who would make that call. I didn't even know that they did that, man. I love that. That's awesome. But it would need to be an odd number of people, right? Yeah. Like I would, yeah, I would say three people. Right. Also, right. that's a great idea in theory, but that's three people you have to pay at every match just to be there in case a challenge comes down. And... Yeah, but you know what? You, it could be people that, that are already there. Like, there are countless people that are, are, are working already or whatever, or who are just there to, you know, support. Yeah, so, I mean, and you can, I'm, you sure, that. I'm sure if you asked her nicely... Rachel Cushing is going to be that type of person for yeah, you, and, but and she's done no, it before. You you can't you also can't do it over and over again because eventually they're going to start saying, "Well, like at this point, I'm part of the production." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like that, like you 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 nailed it. Like someone like a Rachel, like she's probably, if I'm not mistaken, she's usually there all the time, anyways. So I would get I would get the people that don't play anymore but are just there. Yeah, oh. at least when she's not like yeah. working or 
just at home. <laughs> yeah. She is there a lot for, especially the women of the Schmodown. So exactly. Yeah. Which is something that, yeah, I've heard, I've heard quite a bit. She doesn't just work with the uh, suspects. She works with like all the women, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a great match and, and everything, the challenges, I just got, I love talking about that shit. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> the big match today that dropped, uh, and again, Louie doesn't know the results of this one, uh, was yep. Ellison versus Oyama. Uh, <clears throat> who did you have in this one? Cause this is one where it's just, these guys came up together in the fan league. So this is one yeah. where you really <clears throat> don't know. Yeah. This Could is Crosby I... Ovechkin. Could I just for one second bring something up about uh, the last match there? Um, just just because uh, it points out, like, with Molly being eliminated, the suspects have no players in either the Inner Geekdom or Star Wars Ooh. tournament going yep. forward. Yep, they're pretty much done. And oh, man. Their best, their best chance is that Ethan Irwin beats John Roca and then loses to Dan so he can enter the tournament. <laughs> just wow. if if you're looking at the way points get stacked if ethan yeah. wins the belt it's almost bad for the suspect yeah and, right so a technical guy i like it <laughs> yeah, so, uh, for for my guess now this one is because it's anyone's game there's this is a fact that they're so good general that it could sometimes just go to a wrong category bad luck I'm going to ask the same question. Um, who was a bit more dominant or dominant in the second round? Chance. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You, you um, can also ask any of us for who we thought was going to win going in. Maybe yeah, that'll... I, 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 had, I had a Yama just because he's had Chance's number up until now. So that, okay. that, was, that was my pick. How about you, Daniel? I I had Chance Ellison. Chance Ellison, okay. Yeah. Who did a who who had a better manager present or better calls or whatever? Who was who had a better uh, manager behind them? You know what? I'm gonna well, I'm gonna say it. Shannon finally seeing yeah. how yeah. how she manages. Yeah, she, yeah. she was probably the better. And Winston's great, but it, but Shannon brought it. Brought it. So I mean, Shannon brought it. He 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 dominated round two. Besides um, being good in the actual match, Shannon is just a better manager because yeah, you Shannon. know what she knows. <laughs> well, you know what she knows her shit. She knows oh, yeah. and she definitely showed mm. it going into the second round. All right. So that being said, I still think it's Oyama, and. Okay. <laughs> it, it, I, I, before we before we say who won, I do want to say real quick that Oyama's camera angle was one of dominance, and I don't know if he did that intentionally, but his his camera was like on a desk facing up, and he was standing looking down at it, and that whole time I'm looking at him, and I'm like, he it, it, if he didn't intend it that way. It just turned out brilliant because it, his angle just was a, a a dominant presence, but unfortunately he was not able to uh, ah. to back that up. And yeah, Ellison ended up taking the win on this one, man. Yeah, but you know what, man? It went to the last to Oyama's last question, and that was a freaking off the wall question, man. Like I yeah, I, I right, knew it so. because I just recently watched the movie. But let's see, if, have you seen the movie Shazam, Lou? 
Yes, once. Okay, so the this is Paulo Yama's five point question. What right. type of wedgie did um? Oh God, what's the character's name? Freddie. Uh, what type of wedgie did Freddie Freeman get that he later gave to the two bullies in the movie Shazam? Um, a nuclear wedgie. You mean Ooh, that's wedgie? close. Yeah, that's, that's what Oyama that's said. A, it's actually that's what I answered. Wedgie. I yeah. never I thought saw it was atomic film. also. See, I just watched the movie, so I just knew that. But yeah, that that is a hard five point question. So what is it? It's a suitcase wedgie where you grab where you suitcase. grab from one what from the front and the back, like two handles of a suitcase and you pull. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, when he I, said atomic wedgie, I was like, All right, man, we're going to the next question. Yeah. But then no, I was like, Holy shit, what? Yeah. It, it, no, it yeah. was it was close, and the reason why Chance was dominant in the second round is because Oyama's fought opponent's choice, and Chance uh, won the Star Wars, which he's a huge fan of, um, and because he's helping train Laura Kelly, he knew. Okay, so who, who who's uh, next for him? What's his uh, competition here? It's Parker or Goddard. Oh, oh. Chance! I, I I know for me, Chance versus Parker is not even a question for me. But Chance versus Parker is going to be that's going to be. One of the first, I say, real challenges for Parker. Yeah, no that's, disrespect that's who he current. wants, too. That's who okay, Chan, yeah. uh, Chance wants, is he wants Parker. Yeah. And and real, real quick, man, uh, before we wrap this up here, uh, I got I got to say, um, you got, and you guys know that I'm a stickler for, uh, for the rules and consistency and all that shit. Like, it's, it's either Alba or it's Alba. It, you know, it, it's either Sir or it's Lord, which it turns out it's neither. It's Baron. But uh, there was a question. Uh, what did Harley Quinn's shirt say on, uh, you know, during the movie Suicide Squad? Um, and, uh, okay, Oyama said that it was Lil Monster, L-I-L. Maddie's Lil Monster. Ellison said it was little and spelled it L I T T L E, and they gave both of them the point. Yeah, and that's just another example of lack of consistency that just gets under my skin. In now, this. hold on, hold on, hold on. Normally, I would agree with you, yes, and I do agree that El- that Chance should not have gotten the point on this. But this is the first instance where it's been mispronounced on something that's written. Everything else is usually something that's mis- been mispronounced on something you audibly hear in a movie. This was the first time it was mispronounced mm. as something written, so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit on the consistency thing because I don't recall an instance like this happening. Uh, but they should not have given chance to the point. No. Fair enough, but to 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 counter that, regardless of what you just said, does it matter? Because it's either L I L or it's L I T T L E. It's not both. Yeah, no, for it's. A, for, it's it's an abbreviation of a of a word that's associated to that word, right? So, yeah, I if it was non related, uh, completely from the little, okay, but it's an abbreviation, so it still means little. It, it also, does, but in this this case, the question was, what does it say on Harley Quinn's shirt? Now, what? Uh, now, if the question was, what do they call Harley Quinn, and they both said little or little, mm. yes, given the point, but because it was written on her shirt. Chance should not have gotten the point. I, I, you convinced me. Yeah. And what if the, and I don't know, what if it was the answer was Little Shop of Horrors and one says Little and the other says Lil? Yeah. 
I mean, it's in, in, and again, and I'm not saying that this is something that's so small that I'm not going to make an issue of it, uh, within itself individually, but as a, as a small piece of a big puzzle of inconsistencies, I'm definitely going to bring it up because it, it all comes down to the big picture. And I've said before that all of this stuff matters, especially if you're going to make this a sport now. And and at the end of this, there are going to be career stats. There's going to be championships on the line. You know, all of it matters. And I just want consistency. No matter what it is, I want consistency. And but I also you, want a rule book. But you know what? I'd say this is exactly like a real sport because where what real fucking sport do you see consistency in the referee? Name me one. Ah, uh, that's a great point. Also, Damn it, you got me on that one. I'm, I'm still going to nitpick this <laughs> shit, but you got me on that one. There are no leagues in any sport where the refereeing is consistent. You have Damn, to rule, son. but it's always down to what's going on in the moment. Every single fucking sport. That's why everyone's always after the refs in hockey, in basketball, the umps in baseball. Like, that's just the way it is. So, yeah, there are rules, but there's never consistency. So, I'm, that's and why I'm soda, kind of whatever. And Soda, yeah. drop the mic, sir. To bring, it back, yeah, I, to bring it back to what Jay said oh. before, I think I'd be more inclined to give someone a point for Lil Shop of Horrors than for Daddy's Little Monster because of, like, the question was, what's written on the shirt? You, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. almost a movie quote. But yeah, Lil Shop of Horrors could have been. It took you twelve seconds to think of the thing, and you have fifteen yeah. seconds to write it down. I'd probably yeah. accept Lil Shop of Horrors because yeah, and that, that'd be like one of those things. About. Like if you were to substitute the uh, an and symbol for the word and, like would you still count that sort of thing? It's really all yeah, down exactly. to semantics at this point. Yeah, and I think I think Matt, you nailed it on the head with uh. Mm-hmm. With it being, in this case, it was what did it say on her shirt, which is writing. And uh, I think that's what makes this one uh, it, questionable. And to be honest, I don't know if anyone else will be talking about this at all. We, I might be the only person who brought it up. We might be the only person who got into a discussion about it. I hope not because I, I'm big into the into the – the sports and the rules and in the enforcement side of things. So I love it when people talk about these things, but yeah, this has just been a great fucking time. Uh, great conversation. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here guys for, uh, for this episode of SEN afterlife. Um, let's run through here real quick. Do our plugs. Uh, Louie, where can the folks find you at? And uh, what do you got going on uh, as far as shows or whatever you want to promote? All right. Well, thank you very much, by the way, for having us on. It's always a treat. And man, do we get deep. I love this. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jay. All right. So you can find me on Twitter on the under the official Twitter of Schmoser North, which is at Norton Schmoes. You can fam- find me on Facebook under Louis Monette, M-O-N-E-T-T. And um, I'm going to be disappearing in out of the podcast world for a good, I'd say, a month and a half, right? So I pre-recorded shows called Frenchie talks about where I have a different guest every week. We talk about a specific subject. One of them I did with the, <clears throat> with uh, Soda. That being said, we talked about phobias, fears, and weird things humans do. And we really get into interesting conversations. So don't miss that. That being said, Matt, where can we find you? 
You can find me uh, every week on Showdown Night in Canada. Um, you can find me at Soda underscore the underscore Saxman on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me running the social, uh, the Media Sweaties Network Twitter page. And we might actually have something coming down the pipe there that's what we're going to be discussing this weekend. And uh, yeah. earlier this week, I uh, the match I did for Jack of All Trivia Families dropped. Uh, so check that out. Definitely. Daniel, what do you got going on, man? Where can folks find you at? I'm uh, I'm not very active on social media except for our Facebook group at the Schmoza the North fan group, and I'm an admin there. I make some polls sometimes. I run the fan leagues. Well, like the fantasy leagues. Yeah, that's about it. Sweet. Uh, my fantasy league includes like Riley Reed, Maitland Ward, Sasha Gray. Um, anyway, let's not go there, guys. That could take a long time and get really, really in depth and graphic. I do not have a uh, that that process they call that where you think before you speak. That does you not don't occur. have a filter. Yeah, <laughs> no, none at all. Uh, but y'all can <laughs> y'all can find me on the Twitter at jwade1134. That's the letter J W A D E one one three four. Also follow is, that, is the eleven thirty four for THX. No, no. It's because if you have uh, the if the like the time eleven thirty four on a digital clock upside down and backwards spells hell. Oh, um, yeah, true story. Um, <laughs> you can also follow Merc with a Movie Blog at Movie Blog Merc, um, and go to your Merc with a Movie Blog feed on your podcasting networks or whatever, I don't know that podcasting talk. I, I don't understand it. But I, just, I just sit here in front of a microphone. I record it. I edit it up, and I send it to our guy, and he does whatever the fuck he wants to do with it. I love it. It's great. But, uh, guys, check it out. Merc with a movie blog on uh, – I just go to Anchor. But uh, that's it for this week, guys, and we'll be back next week. Who will be on with me? I have no idea. We'll figure that out when the time comes. But until then, everyone have a great night. Thanks again to Schmoes of the North. We are out. Bonsoir. Thanks.